Hey everybody, how are you? It's Jeff Gellman of Sally Canine Training and this is another episode of WWJD Goes Deep. I like to talk about a lot of the philosophies, the training, expand on the questions um, that a lot of people ask from the podcast that I do three times a week. Um, the reason being is because it's an hour long podcast, over a hundred questions. Um, most of the questions cannot get answered properly. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to start expanding on some of those concepts really help out as many people as I can, and then talk about different ideas, different philosophies, um, different training tools, um, educate the public about different things. You know, one of the things that I often hear people say, and they say it in a negative state, you know, a negative point is, you know, you know, I'm not gonna use an easy, uh, I'm not gonna use a remote collar, or you're only using a remote collar because you wanna take a shortcut, or you're lazy, or you don't wanna do the work. That's a common, comment that people make about the, 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 the remote collar. Well, I will just say some of the trains on remote collars, um, if I handed that person a remote collar and I would say, okay, train your dog on sit, down, place, recall and heel, they probably wouldn't know what to do because you still gotta understand training. And that's not a diss at them, it's like, it's not that easy. And it's no different than if I gave you a treat pouch full of food and I would say, train your dog on sit, down, place, heel, and recall, you still wouldn't know what to do either because food doesn't train the dog, the remote collar doesn't train the dog, training actually trains the dog. So you still have to understand learning theory in dogs and training theory in dogs, no matter what tool you use, no matter what motivator you use, no matter what reward system you use. So I think that's really, really important to, to understand. But a lot of folks will say, well, you're taking a shortcut. And this is what's really, really important for people to understand. How we train with remote collars, first of all, we have to identify, are we trying to train a wanted behavior and obedience command, or are we trying to stop an unwanted behavior, such as counter surfing, um, uh, digging holes, uh, nuisance barking, rushing towards the door, jumping up on people, things like that. But from an obedience standpoint, let's um, go over how we train with remote collars because it actually is a pretty long process and then why we train with them. The bottom line is why we train with remote collars is because there's many ways to train a dog and you can train the dog any way you want. But it's a wonderful tool to communicate with a dog close and far away in low level and in high level distractions. It's a fantastic way to override some negative thoughts the dog is having, such as um, leech reactivity and um, human and dog aggression. It's a great way to get a dog that can go into intense drive and recall them off of drive, um, which could save their life. Let's just talk about the process of remote collar training, at least that we do and that we teach. Um, and a lot of people that listen to just the podcast or attend the seminars, they tend to be one-sided because they tend to be on the problem solving how to stop a behavior, which is used, which is not used with a reward. It has to be used with a, call it a correction or call it a punishment. So if that's the only place you're getting the information from, um, it's it's gonna be one-sided, but you know, and here we are putting out the information. But with our training center, this is what we do. The way we train the dog on the remote collar is first we we have to understand that we layer the remote collar over training that we've started. 
So we will take a dog, we will take a clicker, and we will take a food bag and the dog is on a leash. And we are gonna use quote unquote positive reinforcements through a food and a marker system to train the basic commands. And what we're going to do is train the dog, which most dog trainers can do. It's like you're training obedience. And we are marking the behavior once they get it by clicking. You can also use the word yes or any other word you want. And then that follows up with a reward. That's gonna be your positive marker. We'll do that for a couple of days. Then what we're going to do is we're going to do something called priming the dog. That's the, the step before we train remote collar. So say we're training place. Places go to a dog bed, lie down, don't come off. It's a great household management tool. It's also great for just so many different things. So what we're doing though is first priming the dog and we're taking that existing information of the food training and the marker training that we've been doing and we're starting them on that. So there's the place bed. We're gonna, we're gonna be uh, continuing the training. So now they're like, I'm in place training mode. Then what we're doing is we're doing something called um, escape conditioning. It's what we also call the CS mode, which is the constant stim mode, which is done at the working level, which is a lower level on the remotes. And it's a nonverbal mode and we're teaching the dog actually how to turn off the remote and they're gonna understand it because we're gonna give them lots and lots of guidance. We're going to use um, the remote, but we're also gonna use the leash. We're also going to use our body. We're also going to use the movement of our body. And it's gonna be in a very low distraction area. And they're gonna understand it because we've already done the training prior to that with a marker food system. So it makes a lot of sense to the dog. Then once the dog is really getting good at that, and that'll usually only takes half a dozen times, now we're gonna add the word back in. And then we move to the NCS phase, which is the non-compliance stim, which is sort of like avoidance training. So now we're gonna use the word, and the dog um, is going to know what to do, and if it doesn't know what to do, there's gonna be a low-level stim, and since we've taught the dog what to do and how to turn off the remote, it goes, I know what this means, I'll go to place and there still is rewards. So all of this is gonna be a reward system. Everything I talk about for a while is gonna be rewards. And we are going to do a few hundred repetitions. A few hundred repetitions. Just think about this. Hundreds and hundreds of repetitions, all at low levels. There's no correction whatsoever. The word no is not even used. It's all highly proactive, massive amounts of guidance. It starts out in a low environmental um, uh, uh, environment, low, as far as um, not a lot of outside stimuli, not a lot of distractions. We do that. Then we slowly start adding in distractions, small distractions. And then we continue with the stimming and the training for a couple of hundred or more. And then we just start getting more and more distractions. Now that's inside. Now we take all of that learning that the dog has done and we move it outside. And as soon as the dog goes outside, there's a whole new slew of environmentals. And those environmentals now, the dog has to, you're most likely using the remote, remote more because you need to override the environmentals because dogs are distracted by everything, like blowing leaves, air scenting, grass, 
you know, let alone obviously moving objects. And we're starting out as low as possible, but we have nature and the environment and the city you live in. Um, and we're setting it up as a low environment situation, but that's the real world. And then we start getting a lot more complicated with the dog by adding children running around, dogs running around, uh, bicycles going by, skateboards, bouncing balls, um, you know, people walking by, all the things with baby strollers, all the things that your dog is gonna be exposed to, and we're training the dog again, and that's still at the working level um, NCS phase. Food is still being used. So you're getting a lot of training on that, and you need to know how to do that. When, when, to, when to activate the remote, when to turn off the remote, when to mark the, the command, and then when to um, deliver the food reward. Then we get up to the correction phase, and it's really, really important that you get up to the correction phase in whatever training modality that you've decided to use, because when the dog does not listen, they have to hear the word no, and then following that should be a correction, a punisher, an intolerable consequence, the opposite of a reward. Okay, but it's gotta be something that is marked with no at the moment they do it, and then you need to follow up with something. When you are first doing your no training, for instance, you still aren't gonna leave the dog hanging there. You still have to guide the dog, say, back into place. Say we're still doing place training. You still have to guide the dog, the dog back into place. It's really, really important that you educate the dogs on pretty much what no means and what to do after no. So you gotta do that. And you do that again with leash, body, remote. Um, and then also all the training you've been doing. Like you're not just leaving the dog hanging. You've already, you've already trained this dog hundreds and hundreds of repetitions. And then what you're going to do is factor in a couple of things. Number one, you've got a nervous, fearful dog. You've got to understand how to work a dog through a nervous, fearful situation because that could pop up around any of the environmentals. Your dog could be doing fine, all of a sudden environmental can, can work its way into your training protocol, and all of a sudden your dog just freaks out. Well now you, know, you need to know what to do. If we're working with a human aggressive or dog aggressive dog, but especially a human aggressive dog, at any moment of this training your dog can go, you know what, I think I'm gonna bite you. And it's not because it has a remote collar on, it's just because that's what the dogs do that we work with. They are uncontrolled biters. They, they irrationally will bite you, which seems, not for us, but it seems like it's just like sudden, but it's not. We understand why the dog is doing it. Also, we wanna start working the dogs above threshold because we believe very, very firmly that the dogs need to learn how to live in the real world, and the real world it works above threshold because that's what mother nature does. She's always gonna work you above threshold, so you need to understand how to work above threshold. So you gotta work through all those issues. Now, then, and this is still with you in close proximity to the dog. Now we have to start talking about distance. How do you move farther away from the dog? And how do you get a dog to listen to you at a distance? And then at a distance with distractions, and then at a distance with duration. So you have to understand exactly the timing of your remote, the timing of your marker, and if you're doing still reward-based training, the timing of the delivery system of your, of your food or whatever reward system you're using, and if you're um, already at the proofing stage, the timing of your correction slash punisher slash intolerable consequence. All of this is done with all the tools that we use, including the remote 
collar. Then you're also working with possibly a dog that's not genetically put together and a lot of stuff, the dots don't connect right. So now you have to learn how to troubleshoot the situation because the dog's not on a normal learning curve. Like we get a lot of dogs that like, yep, they connect the dots. They just get it. Most of the dogs we work with don't get it. They don't get it. These are dogs that are afraid of their shadow. They're afraid of like a paper bag going by. They're terrified of it. They refuse to move, they refuse to work. So you have to be super, super careful about that. So that's just sort of the beginning stages of remote collar training to the middle ground of remote collar training. We're far from done. Now you have to take it out into the real, real world and proof it all and understand exactly how your remote works, what levels to use, what buttons to push, when to push them, when to shut them off, how to advocate for the dog. Like, and that's just teaching some basic obedience. We have not even delved into rehab yet. And that's what we do mostly is rehab. So that's just basic obedience. So the concept that a remote collar is a shortcut and the easy way out and the lazy person's tool, it's actually extremely complex, extremely complex. But what it allows you to do is have a wonderful conversation, close and far. And actually, it helps a lot of your dogs who struggle with fear, anxiety, who are not on the normal learning curve, helps them connect the dots better. Um, dogs that act feral-like. Um, and then now you're talking about your aggressive dogs. Fantastic tool. And so the remote collar is a wonderful device. You absolutely do not have to use one. You can use any tool you want. I just want people to train their dogs and, and, and expand their world and, and expand their dog's world and, and, we, and be able to leave the house. I mean, you know, I was on the phone today again with a client that literally can't leave their house. They, they can't even go take a shower because their dog is out of control. You know, so we don't want that. We want you to have a better life with your dog. So that's my WWJD tip of the day, conversation of the day, rant of the day. I'm madly in love with you. Take care. Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training. Truly can't wait to talk to you again.